digging into the Michael J. Fox documentary, which a lot of people are enjoying, but it's a bittersweet experience. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who is incandescently hot as a young celebrity and actor, who then ends up being diagnosed with a degenerative disorder, and then lives with you know, such incredible dignity and it would appear happiness. I mean, he's, he's honest about the fact that living with Parkinson's disease has been a living hell, but he's had this incredible marriage and he's got these amazing kids and he continued to act for a good long time. Amongst other things that are revealed in the documentary, Michael J. Fox, when he landed on Family Ties, for which he was not the lead. I mean, he became the standout star. He was just supposed to be a supporting player. It was supposed to be all about the mother. Um, but he was about to give up. It was not working out in Hollywood. He was sleeping on a friend's couch. And Meredith Baxter Burney, who played his mother, picked him up on the very first day. She stopped by in her car and he rode with her. And I guess she and he had no idea that within the first season of Family Ties, he was going to be the star and she was going to be the supporting player. But something Michael J. Fox revealed to Whoopi Goldberg in an interview this week is that he turned down the part that Patrick Swayze ultimately played in Ghost. And I always find that kind of fascinating. Like, you know, who said no to a role and regretted it? Who said no to a role and never regretted it? Who got the role because somebody said no to it? And there's always a list in Hollywood of the men and the women that they go to first. And they say, we want you to play this role. It's like, no, I'm not, I've done two movies this year. Forget it. And so then there's all the other people um, who, you know, are waiting because they are second, third, fourth, and fifth choice. And inevitably, casting usually seems to be perfect. I mean, everybody looks at Patrick Swayze and Ghost and thinks, okay, that was the perfect guy. But what would it have been like with Michael J. Fox? We'll never know. 6.39 is the time. And we have spent a lot of time in the last few months talking about artificial intelligence and technology and the increasing roles that they are playing in our lives. And this morning, I wanted to uh, talk with somebody about a new robot, effectively, I guess we can call it, seems old fashioned, but a new robot, which is being designed to address the companion needs and sometimes the actual needs of uh, people as they age. Dr. Ali Ayoub is a postdoctoral fellow in electrical and computer engineering at the University of Waterloo and joins us now. Good morning. Morning. Okay, so Thanks tell us tell us about this robot. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so essentially, the robot that we've developed it's um, uh, it has like a new artificial type of episodic memory, um, and that way it is able to actually store um, details about the experiences that might be encountered in its environment. So essentially, your own household. Um, and uh, what's uh, what it's doing right now is that it is able to uh, store the memory of uh, different objects that you might have in your house. So it could be uh, your phone, your keys, and things that could get lost easily. Um, and uh, essentially, it gets stored in the robot's memory, and then you can pretty much search through uh, the memory of the robot using like a small interface. Uh, which can be loaded either on your phone or on a computer or a desktop. 
Um, and then you're able to go through the memory and actually be able to find, oh, maybe I lost my phone. Where is it? Okay. And I'll go ask the robot and it can tell me, okay, I lost it in the living room on your dining table. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like a small overview of right. the... For the system. Yeah. Okay, so particularly acute here would be, you know, somebody with uh, progressive memory loss would be able to lean lean on the robot for those day to day things like where's where's my phone. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's um, again. So we are also able to have this episodic memory, but. Uh, you'll notice that as we like age, or also in general, like our, our episodic memory itself is not very good because it's very detailed. Uh, we do develop uh, like a general representation of things very well, but our episodic memory can deteriorate pretty quickly. So in that way, the robot can actually provide you exact uh, video evidence, essentially, um, that can help you locate these things in your environment. How you know, ground changing could this end up being for allowing people to have more you know, independence and spend more time in their own home, for example, as they age with dementia. Yes. Um, yeah, I think this is actually one of the um, ways, at least what we believe in our um, lab here at University of Waterloo, uh, that this is actually one of the ways to really achieve that um, independence, uh, hopefully in the future. Um, and so that people can actually stay in their own homes. Uh, because really what the robot is trying to do is just um, be a companion for them. And not only, of course, just provide this memory, but can actually do other tasks for them. Uh, so for example, the robot actually has its own arm and it can move around in the environment. So it could actually fetch things for you if you forgot to, for example, take your medicine. It could actually bring those for you. Hey, I think you forgot to take the medicine. I'm going to go get it for you and a glass of water, and you should take it right now. So that's actually what we're really hoping for uh, going in the future. Thank you very much for this. Good to have you. Yeah, of course. Thanks a lot. Dr. Ali Ayub is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Waterloo, and it's fascinating. This is not the first time I've come across a story about technology um, that is being designed to address the needs of people with dementia. Um, What's interesting in this particular robot is it remembers where things are. So I guess it just somehow in in its memory, it says, okay, the last time I saw the cell phone, it was on the dining room table. The last time I saw the car keys, it was uh, by the front door, whatever else. But there are a lot of interactive programs now that are designed to, for example, alert people with dementia, you got to take your heart medication and you got to take it now and you've got to tick off this box and tell me that you did take it. And then you get into, I don't know if you've seen these, but there are artificial pets, basically, you know, like there are, um, they're, they're very, they seem very real, but they are robots and they will be cats. And so in seniors' residences, where there are concerns about having an actual live animal, they'll introduce these mechanical cats, and they give people a tremendous amount of comfort. And yeah, there are some ethical questions that need to be asked. You know, if you're fooling a person with declining memory into thinking that it's a real-life animal, but it's um, a robot, is there some degree of duplicity there? Uh, But for the most part, it seems people are enjoying spending time with these fake cats.